The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Internet. We have another special guest this week, and it's, uh, it's Mike Blumenthal. Now, I'm going to quote him here because he's very eloquent. Apparently, he's the general, general pleading and dishwasher. It's very important. Um, he spends his days consulting with clients in the review industry and has a local web design and hosting business. He spent the last six years studying Google Places, how it works, and how it affects the entire local ecosystem. And uh, we're really happy to have him on today. And, and uh, welcome, Mike. You missed the part that I consider myself an idiot savant. I was going to say the same thing. You didn't. You didn't mention that. Oh, you took my punch punchline away. Yeah. Oh. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good to have you on the sh- on the show today, and thanks, John, for hooking us up. And Mike, Mike's also known by his nickname, which which I think is great, is Professor Maps, because he literally knows anything and everything there is to know about this. And so I'm really excited to get to pick his brain a little bit today. <laughs> Excellent. And well, before we get started, I wanted to mention to, to thank everyone so far for all the help they've given us for the Small Business Influencer Award. Um, it's we're still ahead uh, of the game. At least uh, I hope we are as of this minute. Uh, it seems to change pretty quickly, uh, and it's all thanks to you. So thank you very much. It's, it's kind of a long, drawn-out affair. Uh, Thirty days is a bit much, but uh, in any case, it, you can vote every day, and the URL to vote at is bit.ly bit.ly slash vote SEO 101. Simple as that. So bit.ly slash vote SEO 101. And uh, we're there every day <laughs> trying to keep us, keep our head above water. We've got a lot of rather gigantic competitors. So any help yeah. is appreciated. And just, just, just so you know, Mike is also nominated in the, uh, are you in the gurus category, uh, Mike? I, I'm in the gurus category. Right. So if, if you like what he has to say today, go throw him some votes too. Definitely. Definitely. So we have a lot to talk about in local. Uh, I, I'm just ready to, to go crazy here. <laughs> Lots of questions. I just put them together in the last 10 minutes and I already got done. So um, why don't we start with, with you, John? Well, first of all, John, how did this happen? How did we get well, it was a couple shows ago, I think I was going over, I was talking about my experience at the Get Listed out in Michigan, which was great. And you started asking questions about this and that. And I said, look, let's, let's table this for another show and I'll see if we can get Mike to get on the show and we'll pick his brain on this. And he was gracious enough to say yes and we have him. So let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> Excellent. What do you want to take the first question? Yeah, and I think um, it's something that's probably on the top of his mind. I noticed it's on the top of mine that just in the past couple of days, it might even have been yesterday, um, they changed the way they're displaying reviews or which reviews they're displaying in places now. So uh, can you kind of explain that for us, Mike, and maybe what kind of ramifications that has? Uh, sure. It's, um, just for a little bit of background, for the last three weeks, there's been a lot of uh, disruption noticed in the forums and by individual places holders uh, in Google Places. And usually when we see that disruption, there were lost reviews. Everybody all of a sudden switched to pending status. Um, everybody, A number of people lost their description. Usually when you see that kind of activity, it's predictive of you know stuff going on under the hood. And yesterday, Google rolled out uh, a radical redesign or, or redesign of the places page. As part of that, they uh, dramatically de-emphasized third-party reviews, both on the places page, but also on the main local search results uh, from the main uh, SERPs. So previously, if you had a hundred reviews from, say, a review uh, from third-party sources and only two from Google, 
it would have shown your, in the blended results or in the seven pack and the local results, would have shown you as having 102 reviews. Now it shows you as having two. So for some people, it's going to be a huge visual impact, particularly on the main SERPs, which are the most, you know, uh, most important. So, so just to be clear, they're still counting all the reviews when they're when they're figuring out the algo and they're trying to, you know, apply reviews to see where where you fit. They still count them all, but they're just they just change what they're displaying. Is that right? Well, they're still including on the main search results links to the primary review sources and a subtotal of reviews for them. So one presumes that absolutely they're counting this information. And as far as we can tell in the last 24 hours, there's been no change in ranking. Um, but they've just dramatically reduced the visibility of third-party reviews. Um, so in terms of the small business that hasn't had a diverse and diversified review plan in place, you know, they're going to see some skewing of the, res of the visual results. And I think more importantly, it's going to impact traffic at some point to uh, review sites. And also companies like Demand Force that are in the review management business are the value of those services just plummeted. Yeah. And, and honestly, it was funny because a friend of mine was just, just called me today, actually, because he was just, just discovered Demand Force and he was all excited about it. And I said, well, <laughs> you might have, <coughs> excuse, excuse me, you might have missed the boat on that one. Um, well, certainly Demand Force and similar services have a place because they formalize and systematize review uh, requests of customers, and I think that's an important service. But it, it shouldn't, a small business never should rely on them exclusively. They should, that should be part and parcel of a bigger plan. Yep. So, so does it help you manage your reputation then in terms of rev reviews and stuff? Is that Demand Force? I've never heard uh, of them. Demand Force is a company that primarily <laughs> works in the dental field, and they uh, do a lot of practice management they have a number of practice management tools, scheduling. One of the things they do as part of the scheduling process is post uh, appointment follow-up with the client on your behalf. And then if the review is negative, they put the review into an area where you can interact with the customer for a period of time. I think it's two weeks. And then hopefully resolve the dispute. If not, the review still will be published, but it might be changed in that time frame. Um, and they're one of the early companies, review management companies, that had a feed into Google. So their reviews were very visible in Google. Um, and their visibility has obviously dramatically dropped. How in the heck do you get that kind of a connection? You know, Google's so tight with all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm kind of impressed they managed to get a feed into something so, uh, I don't uh, know, it's almost yeah. religious being in there. <laughs> You know, Google has, in places, Google is always looking for new information, particularly in massive quantities. I mean, if you do review management and you have 10 or 20 or 30,000 reviews, Google's not going to talk to you. But if you have unique information and in very large quantities, um, they will, you know, possibly uh, consider taking data from you. And there, there's a form on their site that you can fill in. But uh, in companies I've spoken with that, if, that are not, you know, you know, CityGrid has a lot of reviews. Obviously, Google talks with them. The numbers to get into a feed situation are astronomical. I believe that Demand Force had a unique product at the time, two or three years ago, and were given unique consideration. Hmm. So there, there was a time, or at least I was told, that obtaining a review in Google Places was less effective than getting one on a third-party site. Uh, this is way outdated. I certainly see it around still. Um, has this changed with this update, or has it changed a long time ago and it's, it's much, it is effective, or is it much more effective? Um, well, to me, a review is effective when a customer sees it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, right now, it, and, and the impact on the algorithm to me is secondary. To me, the, the value of review is in the credibility it provides and the call to action on the part of somebody seeing uh, uh, your listing. Um, so in terms of ranking import, um, I don't think that Google evaluates their reviews more importantly than third-party reviews. Google's looking to return the most accurate local results. And most accurate local results, if you, if you deprecate your reviews or somebody else's reviews, you're not going to be seeing those. To, you know, they always look at the sum total of information they have access to. So I don't think from a ranking point of view, 
Google's are more important or third parties are more important. But I think with this recent change, um, third party reviews have been deprecated visually. And thus, I think some small businesses that had a lot of third party reviews and not a lot of Google reviews might lose some business as a result. Hmm. Wow. Google Places is setting itself up well to get more of the review traffic then. Absolutely. Um, and you can see with the visual change in places, they've added a great big, firstly, they've done a redesign that matches their new you know, black bar at the top and the red buttons of plus. So that uh, you know, indicates that it's likely going to be integrated into Google Plus sooner rather than later. The other thing they've done in that red button design is they've added a button on your place page, very big, very prominent, very near the top, uh, to you know, add reviews. So they're using their platform uh, to solicit reviews for themselves, which, you know, in their battle with Yelp makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of these changes we're doing right now, especially the visual changes, there's no coincidence it's happening at the same time Google Plus is being oh, no. you know, launched and, and starting to gain traction. You know, when they launch the business pages on Google Plus, they're going to tie into places pages. And I, I, I agree with you, Mike. The, the, the reviews are going to start really relying heavily on Google Plus and reviews from their own system. Um, just seems like that's a natural direction for them. Right. They did it's, make a mention in their post that they were going to, in, in their lat long post, that they were going to take information that was buried in the places page and make it more visible across all of their platforms. So that information could be reviews, it could be photos, it could be coupons, it could be events and announcements, um, and it could, you know, obviously it could be in, in Google+, it could be in mobile, it could be every place. So we think that they're going to be leveraging this data much more aggressively through a much broader part of their network con- going forward. Yeah, and knowing Google, it could be all of the above. So Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it makes you wonder, when they do this... It, are they going to get some antitrust issues here? Because they're cutting out third parties now. Well, you have to realize the context. The third parties, particularly TripAdvisor and Yelp, were very unhappy with Google utilizing their review data and keeping people in the places page. So the third parties can't have it both ways, right? Um, (laughs) Very good point. Right? (laughs) So Google was perhaps overly aggressive in keeping third-party review content initially on their places page when they rolled out the places page you know changes last year in October and then they cut back just to a summary form several months ago and now they reviewed removed both the snippets and the summary information and all there is is links. So um, <laughs> you know I think Google is responding to their desire to provide an integrated result going forward. You know, and I think their focus is on income. I think they're certainly, uh, they have to worry about antitrust, but I don't think that it dictates um, their, I don't think it's at the core of their planning considerations. It's actually quite brilliant. I'm, I'm chuckling. I can't help it. It's really, now yeah, they're, they're set. They're like, yeah, well, you asked us to. Right. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you want to go for the next question, John? I've got yeah. tons, but. Yeah, I do too. Um, but I would kind of like to bring this back kind of towards the, the SEO 101 side of things. Um, can, can you help our listeners understand, Mike, and this was, I think this went really well at uh, Get Listed, so I think our, our listeners would like it as well. Talk about the difference between the blended local search and the one-box search results and you know they're, how they're different and why they're different a little bit, just kind of maybe help educate, because I don't think enough people understand there's a difference and where that difference is headed. Right. So most of your, you know, viewer or listeners are obviously familiar with the concept that there's an algorithm driving the organic uh, web page results based on relevance and prominence of that particular page, heavily focused on, you know, linking and various other things. Well, there's a, a an algorithm that focuses a a sort of mirror algorithm to that that focuses on. Uh, called location prominence that focuses on attempting to ascertain the popularity of a given business in a given place. So it isn't worried about a page, it's worried about a place. So Google historically has looked at signals that would indicate proxies 
online proxies that would indicate offline popularity of a given business. And so they have an algorithm that does just that, looks at the relevance of a given local place's listing and ranks it. Um, this local ranking algorithm contributed, contributes currently to the map ranking uh, that you see when you're inside Google Maps, and it contributes directly to the ranking that you see in what used to be called, or what's called a seven pack. Last October, Google really mixed it up with a rollout of what they call blended results, which are showing up, you know, intermixed on local queries. Um, and the blended results take this local algorithm this, and this local information, merges it with the organic results, and blends both visually from a user view point of view, and we believe algorithmically, um, the results. So that now people see, when they're seeing one of these blended results, they'll see a result that is part web result and part local result. And we think it, it uses, you know, to a large extent, the organic ranking algorithm, but it also uses some of the local ranking algorithm in it ascertaining the final results. Great. So, so what do you think, how, how is that changing? So are the blended results becoming more and more prominent? Are we always going to have the, the seven pack? <laughs> I, you know, I have a theory. I mean, the, the answer is, and I, this is the answer I gave it at, at, in Grand Rapids, and it's still the same as who the hell knows, right? Um, <laughs> Google has, you know, we thought originally in October that Google would shift heavily towards the blended results. They haven't done so. And on any given search, in fact, the exact same search, one time you do it, it might show seven pack, the next time it might show blended, or slight variations on the search. Sometimes you'll include the city without the state, it'll show the seven pack. If you include the state, it'll show the blended. Um, there's incredible variety in the way and how and when they produce one versus the other. It is likely a function of how much inventory there is, um, but in other words, if a lot of local businesses don't have good web pages on a given query, they're likely to show this impact. But obviously, there's considerations that go way beyond that. Um, perhaps even some amount of randomness, or if not randomness, desire to obfuscate the pattern so that SEOs won't dig in as deeply as they did into the organic algorithms in Google's early days of, of web ranking. True. Mm, the good old days. <laughs> okay. I, I, thank you. I personally like the blended results, and for small businesses, I think they're probably. I get your opinion, Mike, but my opinion is for small businesses, the blended results in search are probably going to be more effective for them if they have the right type of content on their sites. Um, I just see that as, as people being more likely to click on something like that. But I could be wrong. Which do you? What do you think, Mike? Uh, you know, I don't. I, I, um, I think that if just a second, well, give me one one second. Here. I think that you know you have to cover your bases, right? And and uh, we don't really know how users respond um, to, to the Google displays. They're the only people that really know the answer to that. Given that they're presenting both sets of data, one presumes that customers respond equally well to them. Um, and I think that as a business, you need to understand that you're playing in multiple fields and you have to plan accordingly. So I don't really know. I mean, I, I, uh, my preference is of little, little import when you're in the face of a huge power like Google. True. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. So I, I'm going to jump in car cut. <laughs> you don't have to do that this time. <laughs> we had another John on the show, and we had to do that. So, uh, well, you know what? Before we uh, get to my question, which is just coming, I, having to another John on the show sort of takes this conversation in a direction I'm not sure I'm comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> so, we could get another mic if you want. <laughs> well, that would at least keep it family oriented. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, on that note, let's take a quick break and we get back. I've, I've got a punchline. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for the Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. 
Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. LPO, landing page optimization. Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm with John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Internet, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. We are joined today by the one and only Mike Blumenthal, idiot savant of local search, and <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> uh, and uh, before the break, we've been all over the map. We've got some great, great content so far, and I wanted to jump in with... Uh, <laughs> I get a lot of phone calls, uh, as I imagine you do too. Uh, well, both of us, all of us do, uh, from people from all over the place with interesting questions. In my case, a locksmith called me the other day. <laughs> Jeez, not the locksmith stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually did, and and I, I just honestly, I wanted, I, I wanted to hang up just because I don't want to even deal with this stuff. But I, I was, I was like, well, you know, I got to treat this person like, you know, he's got to got a valid question he's like how do i compete he, he's he's trying to do it the honest way he says but you know he's unfortunately in the new york area which has got to be the worst area you can be in um for, as the locksmith he says you know i, I want to get some exposure in all these different boroughs or, or town centers whatever you want to call it and he says but how, is it any way to do this or is it just are you just screwed because all these call centers have completely dominated and destroyed Google Places in the locksmith realm, it seems. Uh, I did enough research to find that out. Uh, is the SOL? What do you think? Yeah. You know, um, certainly the locksmith is the, the most uh, disrupted market. Um, Google, But if you look at search results in New York City, um, you know, Google has done not a bad job of getting them, you know, moving them in the direction of being under control. They're not completely under control, but when you're, uh, but certainly a lot less than it used to be, and a lot more really local locksmiths. But the reality is that these guys that have succeeded in showing up successfully in New York City have invested a lot in SEO, you know, <laughs> um, and so th this gentleman has two battles on his front, not just on his doorstep not just one uh, step you know one is the, the the spammers you know let's assume that Google takes care of that over time the other side though is if this guy hasn't been doing SEO right along and doing it fairly aggressively and fairly thoroughly he's going to be way behind the curve and he's never going to be able to catch up with the guys who have so 
um, you know, it's a it's a no win situation for them um, with some hard choices. Yeah. So this uh, this. Ross, this is a really interesting area, and I, don't, I'm, I know you probably know, but I don't think a lot of our listeners might understand that there's been a history of problems specifically with locksmiths, specifically in the New York area, and this has been going on for years. Um, and it, goes, my, it occurred prior to Google. I mean, this is scamming that went into the phone books, you know, went into all the 411 systems, it's in <laughs> Yahoo, it, it preceded Google. And these, and you got to realize that locksmiths, you know, working class fellows though they are, are incredibly bright and very focused on breaking systems. When you add a little bit of Israeli ingenuity, this thing took on a whole new level uh, of spam. Very sophisticated, very pervasive, and Google has spent three years cleaning it up with some success. Um, you know, not totally, uh, uh, not totally losing out in the battle. Yeah, and, and the New York Times just recently, I think it was in, within the last month, published yet another article about locksmiths in New York. Um, Actually, their, the search they were looking at was on Seattle, not New York. Was yeah. it? Okay. Yeah, yeah they're but, everywhere but, now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this problem is na- it's international. It's not just in the United States. So, so that, bring, that kind of brings me to the question, what would you recommend to small businesses, Mike, to help protect their interests in, in, in local? Um, what are the steps they need to do to make sure that they're not being scammed, they're not being you know, up against, or they're going to be up against spammers, but to make sure they can protect themselves? Um, you know, in the end, they have to do two things. They have to take care of their customers, and they have to focus on developing an integrated presence on the Internet um, that doesn't rely too heavily on Google or Facebook or anyplace else that relies primarily and specifically on things that they can control. Um, you know, I did a graphic that I think you saw, John, called um, Web Equity, where I sort of try to get across this idea that you, know, you need to invest long haul, steady, regularly in entities that you can control, your website and uh, your blog, that sort of stuff. So I think that what needs to happen, what, what, what small businesses need to do is they need to take an integrated approach, do, a, do work in the areas that are going to reinforce their primary investments of their website, you know, and do, a, do it over a long period of time. And then in the end, they have to hope that Yahoo and Bing and, and Google get, get it right and do give them the exposure they deserve. You know, they can't control the algos, they can't control the spammers, but they can control their investment in marketing and where they put their energies. And I think that there is a way, you know, with good, solid, steady work, uh, good care of the customers, good review management, uh, proper local, local uh, seeding of their, of their records, um, I think they can get reasonable exposure at a reasonable cost. And I think that slow and steady will win the race. Well, I, I, it's, it's tough, you know, you get these, these positions where your marketplace is so dishonest. And those in particular ones like the locksmithing, and I'm sure there's many other ones, uh, that you just, it's either bow down. In this case, he actually has to buy the leads from these companies he's trying to beat from these uh, call centers um, or, you know, try and compete. And, and that's, at this point, almost pointless. Right, so, but uh, I, you know, the, the reality is that, the, that what happened in the locksmiths industry, while it is in some other industries, most small businesses in most markets, in most industries, don't confront that problem, right? Good. And, um, you know, there's 16 million small businesses in this country, give or take 5 million, depending on who you're, you're listening to. <laughs> and the reality is that most of them do not confront this issue. And so they just need to do the do. You know, if you're in the locksmith business, you know, you have to consider whether it's a place you can compete effectively and can make a living. It's like any business, right? And if you can't, then you need to move on to something where you can. That's a good point. So uh, one of the things, one of the practices I've seen, I've got a client of mine who we've, we found, okay, this is the issue. This, uh, in the top ranking we, we want the, my client to get, he's facing um, – a competitor who's a large hotel chain, and what they've done is they've purchased a location-specific TLD, like a .com. Um, in this case, uh, what the hell I'll say, it's Vancouver Airport Hotel. And they have the number one ranking. And this, this TLD goes directly into an internal part of that massive website. So this is where, where all the different locations of this hotel chain are. Now, it 
is having like I know that the standard organic search results uh, there's going to be some deprecation in terms of uh, the success of using exact match domains. But in Google Places, is that helping? It sure seems to with these people, but I, I'm curious. Um, it does seem to help somewhat in, you know, on the relevance side, um, although it doesn't help so much on the rank side. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in the end, it's the same question, though. You know, and it's about your customer. I don't like them because it doesn't look, you know, in, in most local markets, hotels are different, right, because it's mostly tourism. Uh, locksmiths do it because of a lot of spam. But if you're going out to buy a piece of jewelry or you're going out to buy a, a, a washing machine, you know, you're going to be looking at these results from a different point of view. And the first and foremost issue in people's minds is one of trust. And I, mm-hmm. I guess I think having a spammy-looking title tag or a spamming looking URL are going to detract from that in the consumer's eyes. Whether it detracts from it algorithmically or not, you know, my attitude is screw Google. In the end, you got to take care of your customers. And if Google doesn't, you know, in the end, Google has to respond to that and change the algorithm to reflect that reality on the ground. And I think in local, to some extent, they're trying to do that. You know, um, how successful they'll be long haul. You know, a lot of people try to game the system. We'll see. Is that an accepted practice, doing a TLD into an internal page in a site, if it's their location? I mean, it doesn't um, look spammy. It's like it's the name of the, the hotel with Vancouver Airport Hotel. Yeah, I can't, you know, in, I can't believe that that's providing the strength. What happens in local, most people don't understand, is the strength of a, look, of a, of a place isn't determined by the page it links to in the places result. It's determined by the top-level domain strength. Mm. So okay. having I don't believe that the contributing factor there is the is the domain. I think it's the fact that their top level domain is, is has a lot of a lot of cred. Yeah, it makes sense because they don't have any reviews. They don't have anything that makes it seem why they'd be number one. <laughs> That's what really bothers us. <laughs> so that right. makes sense. Okay, thank okay. you. Sure. John. Hey Mike, so just um just again, talking to some listeners that might not be super familiar with local search and trying to help them out today. What are some of the tools that you use when you're managing a listing or monitoring listings in local? Um, what, can, what can the users get into to help them, you know, or the listeners, excuse me, get into to help, help them with this process? You know, to me, I think you need to step back a question, uh, a level, John, or step and, you know, really deal with fundamentals. Local is about place. Place is about name, address, and phone number. You know, I, people don't understand how Google algorithmically assembles a listing. You know, when Google put, Google, most people think about listings as a fixed record in a database, right? And um, the reality is that Google begs, borrows, steals, buys data about your business, puts it into a huge bucket, and what you see on the main results page is them surfacing the content that they think is most important or reliable about you. So given that they do this all algorithmically, if your name and address and phone number aren't the same every place, you're screwed. And so you really got to start with, instead of worrying about tools, you got to worry about process. And the process to me is that you want to be sure that you, that you one, pick a legi- uh, consistent business name. A lot of small businesses I deal with, I find they have three or four business names they go under. One's in the phone book, a different one's on the website, a third's in their marketing material. You know, are they Beef Eaters downtown eatery? Are they Beef Eaters or are they Beef Eaters restaurant? It's really important that a business picks a name and sticks with it. It's also important they pick a phone number and stick with it. Don't keep getting VoIP numbers. Don't have uh, a lot of forward-facing numbers. Pick one phone number. Those, if you change them, the problems of changing them will dog your listing forever. Right? Google doesn't ever throw this stuff away. Um, so first issue is real basic. One name, one phone number. Second issue is making sure that it is placed at the critical junctures of the Internet of the local ecosystem. That's the primary list suppliers, InfoUSA, Localese, and Axiom. And then the primary local portals, you know, Google, Yelp, uh, Bing, Yahoo. And then beyond that, 
um, you know, it depends on how much time you have. But if it's consistent in those six or eight places, it'll be most, it'll be consistent everywhere. And to me, that's a much, you know, that's not a tool, that's a process. And it, it, it's planning too. Again, you know, when you're starting a new business, think along these lines, or, you know, uh, if you've got a business, review these basics, because if you don't, it's going to sneak back and bite you. So, so I've gotten a question from a number of people um, at the at the agency level. Um, where you're doing local search for a client, and the client wants to monitor results, so they want to put in a tracking phone number, for example. Um, we tell them right away, no, no, you don't want to do that. You want to use your real phone number. But so, I guess the kind of the question, kind of back to how do you monitor this kind of results, and how do you track this? If you have to report it to somebody, whether it's internally, you have to report it to your boss, or if you have a client that you have to show them results. Is there, is there, a, is there something to make that easier or simpler, or is it just a matter of going in and, and doing the manual labor? Um, yeah, I think that call tracking numbers poorly implemented are a huge problem because the glue that holds the whole ecosystem together is the phone number. So if you're swimming against that tide, you not only won't get good results, you'll screw the customer up long haul. There are some ways, you know, to use call tracking numbers if they're used carefully, subtly, discreetly. For example, if you have a call tracking number on the website that's in graphic form, Google can't scrape it, that shows to one, you know, client source versus another, you know, that would be a legitimate and, you know, relatively easy thing to do. But you can't expect to track via phone number the difference between Superpages, Yelp, Yahoo, and Google. And I don't think you should try. Um, I think that will screw things up. If you do have a call tracking number, you know you want to be sure that the number is available to be signed to the client on to that to, on a permanent basis. If the number does get out in the ecosystem, right, so they can at least add it in Google as a second number. Otherwise, again, there's going to be you know real impact on their Google ranking. So I think you really have to come up with alternatives. You have to you know use call tracking numbers very carefully in the local ecosystem and come up with alternatives to track results. Uh, we've seen just disastrous results very recently with the use of call tracking numbers. Hmm. Is, is there any indication, that, you know one of the issues uh, I get a lot from uh, uh, small businesses are, uh, you know, if they're home offices, they don't want people to know their address. Uh, but they still want the benefit of Google Places because they do do a lot of business in the area. Is there any indication that Google might, because as I understood, and I correct me if I'm wrong, that if you try and hide your, if you say, please hide this address or don't show it, that you, um, our chances of getting rankings do drop. Is there any chance that might be changing soon? Well, it's, it's different in blended versus purely local results. In purely local results, you're right. Hiding your address does dramatically uh, lower your ranking. However, in Blended, that's not the case. So if you have a strong website and a hidden address, you can see results. But if you're only showing on half the local results, that's still not that good. You know, my attitude on this is that, um, you know, if, that customers are not stupid, right? I mean, they're going to call a plumber. They're not going to visit a plumber. And if the plumber lists his home address, he's just not going to get that many visits. And I don't see... You know, the reality is, so, so I don't see the problem with listing your home address. I just don't see, at least in Google, um, and I think you should list it everywhere. Um, and, but it's, it's their choice. If they choose not to list it, there's going to be some places they're not going to show. Yeah, I dealt with a, a person who was a celebrity at one point, uh, or at least enough of one that she was a little concerned. Uh, they never rent an office downtown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd think she'd have the money. But anyways... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, trying to, what is she selling, you know, what's she selling out of her, this, you know, a celebrity selling out of her home. That's so bad. <laughs> you know. I think it was personal training and such, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. But Well, let's take a quick break and we get back. We're going to wrap everything up here. So, and we'll okay. have a few more questions. Thanks. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? 
Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. As you know, being an expert at f- <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Internet, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Today we're joined by the one and only Mike Blumenthal, and uh, it's just been an absolutely fabulous show, and it's going down as one of our best, all, all maybe the best. So this, <laughs> uh, this is great. So, um, I have only one regret, though. Yes. I didn't get to close that segment with my joke instead of... Uh, like I did the first segment. <laughs> oh. So, do you want to start this segment with a joke? No, I, I don't have one at the moment. I, but you know, if I come up with one, I'll let you know. Yeah, well, you, you get a slide. You can insert it anywhere you want. And another note: I am not the one and only Mike Blumenthal. There's actually dozens of us. I am the Ugh. one and only Mike Blumenthal. That's an idiot savant in Google Places. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> awesome. So, Mike Ross was talking in the last segment about. Um, Companies that have don't want to show their address. What about companies that don't have a website and they still want to be in Google Places? Yeah, my answer to them is get over it. It's time to get a website. <laughs> um, last week, I think you saw that Google announced a plan in Texas where small businesses can get a free, in conjunction with Intuit, can get a free three web, three page website very inexpensively. Um, I think it's free for the first year, right? Free for the first year, and then if they want to upgrade it to more than three pages, it, it's a nominal fee. And ongoing with uh, costs are very, very low. So I think minimally they need a uh, business needs to do that. You know, they need to have it with their own domain. They need to have it, you know, preferably on a server near them. Uh, you know, in their local market. But but minimally they have to get a website. You know, and if they want to market through Google, that I think is a both a short-term and a long-term requirement for them to be even moderately successful. Hmm. Excellent. So this Intuit thing, uh, yeah, I'm surprised I haven't heard about it. It's obviously been having my head too much in work. But um, what? So why why Intuit? I'm kind of confused. I don't, to me, Intuit is the company that does QuickBooks and all that. <laughs> They've been uh, Intuit's actually had hosting websites for small business for years now as oh. part of one of the services they offer. Uh, they have a separate brand for it. Do you know what that is, Mike? I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, uh, I can't remember either. Um, Google has been in Canada and the UK testing out you know free and low cost websites as an incentive to get businesses that don't have them onto the web. And this is part and parcel of that longer term plan. Uh, but like John said, Google or Intuit has had hosting and uh, you know sort of a build it your own website for quite a while. Um, <laughs> that, um, that, that Google te- and Google teamed up with them, and I'm sure they did because of the you know either Intuit paid or a very low cost or somehow. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Google or Intuit is very very happy with that partnership. Lends them some credibility to their web development services. 
Uh, so, Mike, one thing you mentioned was Canada, and I'm, I don't know whether or not you have much uh, uh, connection with how Google Places and, say, Bing and all these places work here. Do you know of any changes that are coming to local in Canada? I know we're kind of restricted in what we can do. In case you didn't know, Mike Ross is a Canadian. We, we I'm don't a talk about it. We don't talk about it much. <laughs> Well, you know, you can solve all your problems and just become the 51st state. There you go. <laughs> or officially. Although then your taxes would have to go up because you'd have to be buying war materials to bomb some poor third world country. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, your health care would go to hell in a handbasket as well. So, you know. I, yeah. Um, but you'd get good local. <laughs> get great local. And, and Netflix. Uh, and Target. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so tell me again what your question is. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. <laughs> uh, well, I was just wondering: is are you specifically into Google, or do you are you also familiar with the local aspects of Bing and such? Because uh, for 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 Canadians, we're kind of we're ramrodded here. We don't have we get Google Places. That's that's good, but we don't get any access to anything else unless you go through the god awful yellow pages. Um, I can tell I love them. Do you know anything about any improvements or any extensions in terms of uh, functionality to Canada? It's a good question. I didn't realize you didn't have Bing up there. I don't, but I'd be glad to ask them. If I get an answer, I'll let you know. Yeah, I bug them every time I see them, and, and they love mm-hmm. it. I know that. But uh, it's frustrating because Can- I've got an article that I get comments on every day talking about how Bing is – it's it's not polite, and people are like, "Yeah, <laughs> we're very upset that we don't have that access." It's just silly, and we don't like the idea that Yellow Pages, which frankly is way overpriced, um, and yeah, I'll, I'll I'll stop there. Um, it's yeah, the only way in. The Yellow Pages <laughs> done a much better job of protecting their franchise in the United States than they did, or in Canada than they did in the United States. I think, you know, they looked at what happened to the Yellow Pages in the United States and decided they weren't going to go down the same route. Um, so I think the same thing in Europe. They've done a better job, again, of protecting their franchise, but mostly by walling, you know, by walling it off. Not, and I think long haul uh, that, that, that will fail, but I think short haul it's provided them with extra profit opportunities. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Just thought I'd uh, give a check. So if you do find out anything, please do let me know. I, I know a lot. Well, obviously, I've got a lot of clients here. I would love to know anything more about that. Um, uh, final question for me, anyway, is uh, I just, I, I've never actually had anyone deal with this, but it occurred to me, is it easy to switch the uh, website URL connected to a Google Places listing? And if you do, does it have ramifications like short-term or long-term? Um, it's not one of those attributes. It's very easy to switch. It's not an attribute that typically requires re-verification, so it's a fairly simple process in terms of Google. Um, the the um, Google has some sort of algorithm that automatically attempts to assign known web pages to a business. So whether or not um, it would affect trust, I couldn't say. I don't think so. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I don't see it as a huge issue. Okay. I, you know, I think uh, in long haul, if the, you know, if you're, I mean, the the stronger the website, the stronger your blended results. So, you know, it's mostly an issue, a tactical issue of building a solid the SEO well done local website. Great, thank you. Left a question for John there because I had another idea and I. I gotta hold my honor there and not ask another question. <laughs> well, I actually had one more that's more of like a philosophical thing, so I thought you might wax on this a little bit, Mike, if you could. So we know How that the nap do, the, left, do what? How many hours do we have left? <laughs> we go all day. Last few minutes, actually. You have to be very careful when you ask me to wax poetic. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes then. Um, so we know that the NAP is is really selected because of you know the name, address, and phone number, the fundamental ways people identify with a business. Well, we also know that with social media becoming more and more a, a, a mainstay of our society and the way we communicate with each other, five years from now, it could very easily be one of the primary ways we communicate with each other. Do you think there'll ever be a, a, an addition to the NAP that includes like a, a, a Google Plus page or a Facebook or a Twitter ID as part of the NAP? I, I've been working with a startup company 
that is trying to develop a URL, a, a human understandable URL that becomes sort of a business identifier, um, you know, as a way of easily tagging a business's internet, you know, existence. Um, but right now, you know, phone number is the is the glue, and it, it it hasn't translated that well in the internet world. But it's what there is. So until such time as somebody comes up with a uh, you know st- structured naming protocol, uh, phone number is going to be the main way that businesses are going to be tracked in the virtual world. Great, great. Well, thank you. I guess we have to sort of tie things up here. But uh, before we tie it up, can you share some share your web address? Uh, Mike and uh, any and also any place you may be speaking at soon. Um, speaking engagements. We have a uh, getlisted.org uh, forward slash university. David Mim and I and uh, Mary Bowling, Matt McGee, John Carcutt, and a few others have been speaking uh, around the country. Uh, this fall, there's a, a getlisted event in uh, Burley, Idaho, and in Bend, Oregon. And actually, there's going to be two in. Upstate New York, one in Ellicottville, New York, which is my home territory, and another in Syracuse. Those are in the fall, and I think I'll be speaking at most of those. I'm not quite sure. Um, my blog is blumenthals.com forward slash blog, uh, or you can just search on me in Google, Mike Blumenthal. Uh, M. Blumenthal is my uh, Twitter handle, and I'm on Google Plus now as well. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Mike. It's been an uh, amazing pleasure to have you on, and I look forward to meeting you in person. It sounds like a very casual, fun hangout, so be good. <laughs> it was definitely great having you on, Mike, though I'm a little bit disappointed on your waxing poetic. It was, you know, it was a little short for my taste, but it was great anyway. <laughs> well, I, just a note, I project much more humorously on a microphone than I do in person. <laughs> what if you're in person on a microphone? I think you do well there too. Yeah, anytime I have the stage, John, you know that. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. And on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Internet, uh, you can contact us on our email address, my email address anyway, ross at stepforth.com. And uh, that's S T E P F O R T H dot com. And John's at. Uh, at I, I was Twitter. I was going to give my Twitter address, but I haven't been on there in like weeks. I'm on Google Plus now all the time, so hit me on Google Plus. I'm there. And just type in your name, I guess. Just search for my name. You should find me. I'm the only one on the planet, so Woo-hoo. I can be called Excellent. one and only. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> wicked. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone, today on SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. We hope you tune in for our show next week at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, every Monday. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com.